This episode of Dungeons and Asians is brought to you by our amazing supporters on Patreon. If you like the show, if you like our main podcast, and you're excited for the future of Dungeons and Asians, Revenge of the Mountain Orchid, head to patreon.com slash aznsrepresent. Before we get started, a couple logistic things. We've got to go over our safety tools, lines, veils, any updates to those, and go over our previous wishes. In terms of safety tools, we got to talk about that. Um, we have uh, three safety tools that we are using um, in terms of stopping or changing the narrative. We have our O card or our heart card that Agatha kind of invented. Um, you know, show, show those heart hands to let us know that you're okay during a particularly difficult scene or that you're just like fucking like vibing with something that's happening. Because I feel like we also use it for that. We have the X card for just like, you know, like throw up that X sign or put that in the chat because we have multiple means of sharing. Um, yeah, throw up that X if there's something that's going on that we want to cut out. Um, without any spoilers for those who are watching or listening, I did ask uh, about a commonly X-carded thing before we started recording, um, just because I, I wanted to make sure everyone was okay. It was a mild spoiler, but like, it's all good. Steve's throwing up that heart card. Um, last one, we got our sleepy time card, our sleepy card, our sleep card, our slumber card. Um, energy levels are low. And, you know, it's difficult to sometimes see that in our, um, you know, in the uh, in the Zoom chat. Sometimes we're focused on our notes. Sometimes we're focused on Roll20. Sometimes we're looking at our Notion.so boards for our character sheets. So it, it's difficult to keep track of all of that. Uh, so um, if at any time our energy levels are low or just we need a reminder that, like, we're coming to an end, We'll throw those three Zs, three Zs in our Zoom chat so we all know to kind of start wrapping things up. Uh, we have our lines and veils, which I'd like us to add to if we need. Our current lines, uh, which are things that just like do not happen. Uh, our sexual assault and sexual coercion, violence against children, slavery, racism, body shaming. Uh, our veils are intense gore, sex, dental damage, and finger and fingernail damage. Uh, so the veils, again, are things that can happen, um, but just not in incredible detail. Uh, Steve, you had mentioned that you wanted to add something. Yes. Just because of the conversation we had earlier on, I'd like to veil death by starvation and dehydration. Um, I'm okay with it happening, but I don't need to, to describe the last kind of moments of someone's life of course. through this perishing method. <laughs> And that's particularly important because in this episode, we are going into the Shimmering Badlands, a desert. Um, does anybody else have anything that they would like to, to add to this? Nope? Okay, perfect. So, previous wishes. And if these wishes have changed, I think it's also, you know, we could change them. Uh, Agatha, you were interested in seeing where Waleed goes. You want to know more about uh, Waleed's history and you want to see the Shimmering Badlands. Amar, you want to see Jade's character, Pema, being integrated into the group. 
Um, and you kind of want to understand the fallout of like putting Dongfang in danger because Pema unleashed that like fireball uh, in our encounter with the Dragon Valley gang. Um, hashtag drama. Waleed, hashtag drama. Um, and you said that Waleed does not trust Pema's power, which I thought was like a really interesting thing because again, first magic user that we've encountered. Uh, Steve, you just said, I want to see the Shimmering Badlands. Um, <laughs> Jade, do you want to see the fallout of Pema's actions at the temple? Same thing. Uh, your wish was very much in line with Amar's wish, except just like different direction. And Daniel, myself, I just wanted to fill the PCs with a sense of wonder. And I feel like that's always my, my goal in these games. Um, so... We'll do our previouslys, and then we'll get, like, right into it. We're going to do a bit of a time jump. Slight time jump. Slight time jump. So, previously on Dungeons & Asians, for those of you, you know, we do this once a month, so there is a time gap between them, so I always like to do this. Um, previously on D&DA, uh, our group dealt with the fallout of their encounter with the Dragon Valley Gang, hence our wishes. Uh, as they prepared for their journey into the Shimmering Badlands, Commander Landing struggled with the guilt of her military command and made the difficult choice to disband her battalion, uh, relieving her soldiers of their duties and sending them back to their homes near Chang'an. Uh, now, accompanied by a few remaining loyal warriors, uh, our heroes venture into the Shimmering Badlands, seeking the legendary Oasis Bamboo, one of the four noble flowers with the power to destroy the Jade Shard that threatens all of the Emerald Realms. So we're going to do like our TV style slight time jump. Um, and I would actually like to um, direct all of you to a point of reference. Um, the Shimmering Badlands visually was inspired by one of my favorite places on Earth. Uh, a place that I, I had visit, I've been great, like, very lucky to have been able to visit three times a place called Wadi Rum in Jordan. Uh, it is, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful places on earth, but also one of the, the scariest places uh, because of how difficult it is for life to thrive, but beautiful and how gorgeous the landscapes are and how awe-inspiring it is to see people adapt to that environment. Um, so yeah, uh, Wadi Rum is kind of my visual point of reference for the Shimmering Badlands. Now, our heroes and their companions, your loyalists, who are no longer soldiers, uh, they are really now just like maybe friends who have now uh, are loyal to your cause and not the flag or not the banner, some might say. Um, we find ourselves walking upon a reg a plain of coarse gravel and stones that are coated with this sort of red, glossy iron. You've been walking for about four days. You're good on supplies. The people of Leyue had like hooked you up with all that you needed. And you've been walking in silence for the past couple hours. And somebody breaks the silence. Shuang. Uh, you could hear her rustling with her map of the Emerald Realms. Walid, Shuang has kind of been, you know, teaching you how to read and 
showing you this map for a while. And one thing you've learned is that this map is actually quite old. Oh, interesting. And Schwan kind of breaks the silence and says, uh, Commander Ning, I think we're lost. I was afraid of that. Do you know where we might be? Now, look, the... the Master Panyan had, had, you know, said that the Oasis Bamboo was sent to the Shimmering Badlands, but Schwag shows you the map, and I was a little embarrassed. This part of the map isn't labeled as the Shimmering Badlands on the map. It's labeled as Nur. Um, I didn't realize this, but my map is a little bit old. And I, I feel like, I think that this map was created at the time of the Mist Lords, and this is well before Xia was the power that it is now, and I, I thought that I could cross-reference some of these ancient locations to, you know, the desert that it is right now, and I don't know if that's going to be possible. Sorry, I should have said something earlier, but I was a little bit embarrassed. You should have, but this is where we are right now, so we need to figure out a solution. And I think Ning brings everyone together with a much smaller group. I think now we can have like these kind of, you know, meetings, <laughs> town halls. Town yeah. hall. Um. So Ning fills everyone in. Uh, there's no like judgment in her voice. It's just very flatly like, we are currently lost. Uh, our map is very old, and we need to figure out a way to get to our next destination or like a point of safety. Uh, Shuang kind of like lays out the map on like, there's a particularly large uh, flat rock. She lays it down and weighs, weighs down the map with a couple of smaller rocks. Um, Y'all notice that these rocks look like kind of odd. They're... Um, one of them actually looks like a rose. It's kind of been shaped naturally into that of a rose. Um, and you, you look at them and you notice that there's, in, this, in the daylight, there's like the kind of sparkle in the daylight. She kind of lays them down um, without really like making much of it. Chuang is well-versed on, you know, geology, geography, biology, and history. And so where things might seem wonderful and awe-inspiring in the Shimmering Badlands, Shuang seems, like, almost unfazed, despite maybe never have seen seen any of this in person. She kind of points out, she's like, okay, on the map, and you notice that the, the characters on the map are unlike anything that you've seen in Xia. Uh, they're unlike anything that Walid you might remember from Daesh as well, and or your time in Song, the Land of Rivers. She looks and she says, in the ancient language of Nur, they they call this perseverance. That's that's their that's their capital. And I've been trying to lead us in that direction, but all the all the landmarks that I had planned on using to get us there are they're 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 gone. Like like mountains and, and stone formations, they're gone? What do you mean? <sighs> well, I've been looking for waypoints. Look, these lands, 
here, give one second. And she she actually takes out uh, a, a piece of blank paper. She unrolls it, takes a little ink bottle and a brush. And Waleed, you recognize this brush because it's the brush that she's also been teaching you to write with. And Waleed, you've been learning like calligraphy as well. Um, and she like lays it down. And Shuang takes her hands and gently rests her hands on the piece of blank paper. And the paper begins to glow. She then takes the brush, her hand still glowing, and the brush begins to glow. She dips the brush into the ink and splatters the ink on the paper. And like a sort of hydrophobic material, the ink doesn't actually isn't actually absorbed into the paper it rests on the paper like these black balls like dew on a leaf but then they begin to move and take shape and they form these strange images on the paper she's she tells you, she says, uh, Pema, uh, Ning, Dongfang, have you ever heard of the Oasis Kingdoms? How about you, Pema, or Dongfang? Would I have? It's up to you. I think so. Oh, well, um, I think... Maybe you've heard tales. Yeah. yeah. Something of some of the things that Shuang is, is talking about, I think... Um... I could uh, piece it, it together or um, yeah. map it onto something that I've heard about before. How about you, Dongfang? Walid, maybe? Um, I mean, like, are the Oasis Kingdom, like, would, would Walid have heard, like, legends? Uh, like, are these local legends or? These are, these are, these are national stories that have kind of turned into folktale. Oh, okay. Then probably. Because, you know, Walid was a bandit says, and wandered around a lot. So would have heard Maybe she tales. looks at Walid who's trying to, trying to, like, trying to remember. She says, Walid, remember this word? And in the Sha, the characters of Sha, she puts out three characters. Or the characters for, actually, a single character. And it just says bronze. She says, Walid, do you know this word? Br- br- Breeze, no. Close. The Bru- breeze is what you're feeling right now. Bru- bronze, bronze. Yes, and and Pema, I'm I'm sure you've heard of the people of bronze. Of course. Now, she shows you the ink on the page the that formed the character for bronze actually is absorbed into the rest of the ink, and they form this beautiful image of these slightly humanoid entities. She said, a long time ago, the land that we're in right now was once called Nur. It was the home of the Oasis Kingdom or the Oasis Confederacy. In Shah, we called them the people of bronze. And they were masters of metal. And this land, and she kind of points all around and 
all you see are these just like vast expanses of desert pavement. In the distance, you see dunes, maybe um, some mesas. But she says, before this, this was all green and fertile. And the Oasis Kingdom, they ruled this land. And our first empress, Shinsha, took it all away from them. And uh, transformed their home into what it is now. She, um, as maybe the people from your village, Pema might say, she laid waste to them using magic. And in that instant, Pema, you, you realize that you recognize this. This is the event where Shinsha actually weaponized your village, which is, you know, on the western edges of Sha, against these people in a great war. And on this on this piece of paper, the ink begins to move, and you see images of magic users fighting against these massive, what you now understand to be bronze constructs piloted by the people of this land. They're Gundams? <laughs> I, sure, if you I, want to think of it that way. I believe yeah. in this context, they're Guy Mallets. Hey! <laughs> Deep cuts. Uh, they, have, they have bronze mech suits. I actually rewatched Escaflona recently. Anyway. Mm, that's a good touch point, actually. Um, is, there, is Guy Mallets from anything else, or is it that's what I know it from? But. I think it's just Escaflona. That could be it's wrong. just Escaflona. Uh, and with a wave of her hand, you see a single magic user, a powerful, powerful woman standing out amongst the, the illustrations. She raises both of her hands and dust, in this case, ink, is drawn from these constructs and they crumble before her armies. The trees wither and die. The grass turns to dust. And all that's left is a desert. The ink is sucked back into her brush and she returns it to the pot. The paper stops glowing, her hand stops glowing, and she says, uh, she, she did this to save all of us. Um, the southern floodplain was in danger. And, well, we needed their water. I'm like um, cautiously watching to see the reactions of uh, the party to the story. Ning has like a very dour expression and she might have even like leaned into the paper to like look at it very up close almost as if, as if in disbelief. Like she can't even believe what she's seeing in front of her eyes. And I think there are moments during the story where it looks like Ning wants to like burst out in anger just to be like, to, to correct the story or say something and be like that is not true but there is a visible like motion in her mouth and her jaw and she doesn't say anything it's really cool that Chuang because I assume that there's the official narrative in the in the in sort of Sha but Chuang being on the inside is telling us the real story behind so. yeah this is the tea 
Now, Penyan told you that, you know, the Oasis bamboo was sent here. I think, based on, on, on my research and how I've interpreted the texts written by your people, Pema, and the people of Chang'an, I think the Oasis bamboo was sent here as a kind of way of acknowledging what happened in the past. Uh, Walid, oh sorry, were you about to jump in there, Jade? Uh, so Walid takes a few, uh, like nods uh, his head, uh, takes a few steps back. Is is the rock that the map is on? Is that the like the biggest? Sorry, is that the tallest rock in the area? It's not really tall. It's just the fl- one of the flattest ones. Okay, so is there another rock nearby that's like tall? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, so Walid takes a few sort of uh, is takes a bit of a running start uh, and just jumps on top of the rock and just launches himself into the air, sort of spinning the whole time and tries <laughs> to get a like. 360 view of the area. Um. <laughs> so you're like, you're like a spin kick so I can see around. Yeah. While yeah. she's telling this heavy story, you're like, Ooh. <laughs> oh, a spin move. Well, um, I, I want to find out where the other spin moves. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I love that. lead here is like, the Oasis bamboo was sent here. If I jump real high, I'll be able to see it. <laughs> yeah, that's believe. Big, big brain play. Can you give me a roll? Give me a roll of that d20. Unless you have... An, oh, also, make sure everyone adds 5 AP to your character sheet. Um, but yeah, give it a roll. Ooh, a 15. Uh, so a 15 in quest is a success. Um, now, you won't see the Oasis bamboo, but you do see something. Uh, what do I see? <laughs> Jumping into the air and kind of like spinning. Maybe we'll lead like winds up and it's like, ah! um, you land very gracefully atop a mushroom shaped rock that has been sort of um, eroded by the like the howling winds uh, of, of the shimmering badlands. And you landing upon the rock, dust kind of like being blown away. It's very dramatic. You look off into the distance and you see something. A figure in red robes sitting next to what looks to be a massive sword sticking out of the barren wasteland. Uh, Walid, uh, having kind of crouched uh, down when he when he landed, uh, sort of sticks his arm straight out um, uh, and says, there's somebody out there in red robes. Might be armed. We should approach with caution. And- now, this, this person is... is- quite far you you can kind of make out the red robes because it looks like it's billowing but as the sort of winds kind of pick up you notice that they they kind of are blown about disappear and are blown away by the wind leaving all but this like sword sticking out of the ground now we'll lead from your perspective to see a sword sticking out of the ground from such a distance is, is is a little bit odd and so you're able to assess that this sword is not of average size. 
In fact, this is a, a sword that somebody, like not even Walid, might be able to wield. And it's so large. And you recognize the sword from the tale that Shuang just told. Yep. As a uh, weapon of one of these constructs. Yeah. Uh, sort of having put a finger out, because, oh, maybe I didn't see the figure. It's, there's just a sword there now. But it might be one of the swords that Shuang was just talking about. I suggest we go in that direction. I don't think we have many other options. And maybe you did see someone in... Maybe it's a trap, but it's better than just baking out here and doing nothing. And as as, as the party maybe departs, um, I think Ning talks to Shuang, just like holds her back. But we're a small contingency here. Uh, contingent. Maybe everyone can hear if they just strain. But Ning says, that story you told, how... Are you sure it's true? Because the, the, the textbooks say that the Empress found a source of water that the people the people of bronze couldn't access, and that's where we got our water from. And what you just showed is very different than that. <sighs> yes, it's true that the first Empress found a source of water and in a way it's true that it's one that the people of bronze couldn't access in a way before before Xia was a great empire our homeland was ravaged by famine death and war and I'm sure you've heard about this in the Academy. And, and Dongfang, I don't know if if you were even there when this happened. But war and chaos controlled all of the southern floodplain. And we didn't have an empress. We had the Mist Lords. And there were many of them, and they fought and fought and fought. And Shinsha was one of the most powerful Miss Lords. And it seems like she brought water from Nur, from the people of bronze, but the people of bronze disappear from all records after that. And this wasteland, this didn't exist before. Xiao was founded. And I always thought it was strange, and Master Panyan always said to just forget about it. But now that I've seen it for myself, I guess it's true. Thank you. We should get moving. I've, uh, I've heard enough so far. All right. So what I'd like to do is... Uh, are any of your characters well trained in navigation? Since we're in a climate that may be unfamiliar to all of you. So Ning has very strict military uh, skills when it comes to navigation. This might be a little bit outside of her element, though. She's more used to kind of the, the you know environment around Sha and things like that. Yeah. So Ning, if you're leading the way, uh, why don't you give me a roll? This is just a test of your ability to 
uh, assess the landscape and find an efficient path to where uh, 16, nice. Um, so you are able to uh, navigate your way through these desert valleys all the way until you reach what looks to be almost like a, a, a caldera. Are, are all of you familiar with what a, like a caldera is? Um, calderas often form, uh, think of it like a crater. Think of it like a crater. Um, like a massive crater in this vast flat land. Um, now, Walid might not have noticed it earlier, because Walid was kind of fixated on this sword. But as you, you make your way towards and it, and as it kind of comes into view, you notice that it's not just one sword. You notice that there's this crunching underneath your feet, unlike the gravel that you've been walking on for days. And looking down, you see that mixed in with the gravel are little pieces of white wood. Schwong kind of looks down and kind of like picks one up and it she, she, she handles it with her hands and it snaps in half and kind of turns into dust in her hands. Ning examines it. Is it actually wood? No, as Ning looks at it, you realize that this is sun-bleached bone. Okay. And all around you, you see what looks to be a battlefield. You see fallen soldiers. You see ancient swords in the stylings of ancient Xia. You see these bodies all around it. At the center of this battlefield, a single sword. Standing, the blade maybe. 15 feet long embedded into the earth all around it you see pieces of of bronze armor a head way too large for any of you from a distance will lead these kind of look like rocks they've been covered in this sort of uh this like Bronze desert oxidized? patina it's all oh, okay. oxidized and it kind of looks like blends in with the with the uh, with the rock but the sword in its unique form stood out to you hmm. I go to the sword yeah, yeah you go to the sword and it just like it towers over you I'm pretty strong <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna are you gonna try to can pull I, it out of the guy? Yeah, can I Arthur this shit up? Sorry, it's wearing. Okay, uh, so this this sword is massive, so somebody might have to boost you so you can get to the handle. Can I just like just jump or right just, into the just see if I can jump right up and try to pull it out of the ground that way? Yeah, as get, you're jumping, use the momentum of jumping. Can I? Another spin jump, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> give, give it a roll. <laughs> All right. Okay. I think I'm probably gonna need a twenty for this, but let's see if this works. Oh, sixteen. That's a success. Okay. That's that's a success. Yeah. So, 
Walid, you, you're just like, you jump into the air, and you use the, you've got really powerful legs. And you use the, the, the power and momentum of you jump into the air, and as you grab onto, like, grab onto the, the, the shaft of the sword, the handle of the sword, you, you actually have to use, like, your full body. And you pull it out of the ground. There's the sound of metal scratching on stone. This is, like, sort of shrieking of metal scratching on stone as the sword is drawn out of the ground will lead... You land, and the sword is now like horizontal. Like you're holding on to this sword. You've successfully pulled it out of the ground. It is a massive 15 foot blade. Wow. I, I mean, I assume I can't wield the sword, right? But now it's out of the ground. So I mean, I, I would put it past Walid to just like drag it around. <laughs> <laughs> I think in but this yeah, case, he just wants to examine it. Yeah. Yeah, you've got this sword. Um, it is beautiful. Um, but you notice something about it. There are, uh, pieces of the blade are actually missing. Um, you notice that, you know, along the edge, there are, it looks as though somebody has cut out sections of the edge. Uh, by design or later? Later. Based on the, the way the, the erosion has occurred on the blade and the, um, I guess the uh, the oxidization of the blade, right? I, like, are the wedges that are cut out, or have they been cut out only from the pieces that are visible above ground? Like, is the rest yes. of the blade okay? So yeah, somebody came in and like tried to harvest some metal or something. Yeah, interesting. What can I identify the metal? I don't know. Or just schwang? It is bronze. Okay, it's like a strange, strange kind of bronze. Uh, Will lead. You know, you're 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 familiar with weapons. You know, bronze to be you know a fairly soft metal. But this bronze is unnaturally hard. Hmm. Interesting. I, so I, I tell that to people. It's like this bronze. I like knock at it a few times. This it's hard. I kind of want to know if I can ask what Dongfang and Pema do when we come to this caldera. We see like there's bones and like it's an ancient battlefield. I'm very curious. Pema definitely falls back um, uh, when we when she realizes um, what you're stepping on. Yeah, what we're stepping on. Um, I think. Well, firstly, she's never really spent too much time outside of Lei Yue or, or traveling at all. So she's been like walking way more than um, she's ever done. <laughs> um, I think this climate is just. Um, probably really getting to her. She's probably like feeling really sticky and like just gross, and uh, she's wearing inappropriate robes for for this kind of uh, travel. Um, and she's like away from people that she's been with uh, her entire life and things like that. But um, so I think that coupled up with um, the um, the fact that we're in the midst of this battlefield and this is like. Um, uh, some deep shame that um, the Feng Shi of her her village carries. I think she's like she's she's got to be like hurling or something like that, or or at least just like um, uh, catching her breath or something, breathing really hard, falling back and breathing really hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's like it's almost like all of the. The tales you've been told, you've, you've never wanted to believe that to actually be true. And all of it is true. 
Yeah. And, and I think I, I feel like I shouldn't be here or something or like, um, how, how dare I uh, be here? And so I feel really unsafe. What about Dongfang? I think Dongfang has been pretty just physically uncomfortable as well ever since we stepped into the desert. This is literally um, his least favorite thing. It's being dry and hot. Which is also why he hates that power that he got. <laughs> yeah. From the Lotus. Um, but, like, coming across the battlefield, I feel... I wonder if this is... Um, I think it's been a... I think in his current form, he's never seen, like... Oh, sorry, not he. Well, I think I should change the, his pronouns to he, they, because I feel like I use he a lot, so that sure. seems about right. Um, yeah, I, I feel like for him... Yeah, he hasn't... In, in the shrimp form, he has never seen, like, this kind of a... Um, result or, or this kind of a view of of war but I wonder if it does trigger some kind of his his previous memory um, yeah from uh, and let's say and, and let's say it does and you you hear I, I feel like you almost get flashbacks to they're blurry but it's the the sky court. And all of the gods talking about this land and how they need to destroy it because the people don't deserve it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you, you keep that to yourself. I do. I think with that uh, vision, then I... I stoop down, and then I also um, just, I think I pick up one of the bones and then watch it like crumble in my hands. And then I laugh a little to myself, in a way. But almost like a, like a, <laughs> one of those laughs? Like a, yeah, like a, right. This like is, a chuckle. This is a. This is the result, and these are the people caught in it. Yeah, this is this is what happens when, uh, you know, the the power of of these mortals goes unchecked. Well, no, like no? uh, like everyone will make decisions. But it's, ah, okay, cool. But these bones. Now, Dolphog, as you're like looking at the as the lats of that bone kind of like are blown away in the winds you your your moment of clarity is kind of interrupted and you're like a dog fung dog fung give us a hand over here eh. so it's the soldiers and you notice that they've they've been using their um like any tool like rocks to actually break away some of this like oxidation and they found what looks to be some sort of like a chest piece for one of these bronze constructs Okay. Yeah. And they're trying to like break away at it, and going to it, you see that like this thing is like there are like 
apart from like the actual like corrosion on it, the the alterations the environment have caused, like this thing looked as though it could it could take a shitload of damage. And looking around, you notice that all of the weapons that at least the four of you can wield are all weapons of Xia. This was a battlefield where Shen Xia's forces fought a single, single person from the Oasis Kingdoms. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they... They they seem to have found like an opening, or at least a part in this in this torso where it looks like it could open, and like six of like all. Uh, let's Steve, how many how many soldiers do you think stayed with you? I think six is a good number. Okay, all six of them are like three on each side are just like pulling and pulling, and they can't open this thing. Like Dong Feng, think you can help us out here? Oh, okay. I go and I I help. And the and. You're able to like maybe you take your guandao and you just like use it as like a like to pry the thing open like a crowbar or yeah. I'll use the end um, of it. So you this thing pops open and there's this like hissing sound as like dust shoots out of it. And you look inside and you see a mummified person. Are they regular size? Regular sized. Okay. A mummified person inside a chamber full of you know, levers and switches and chains and gears. They seem to be clad in like beautiful textiles. Uh, Walid, Walid. Uh, Walid uh, starts coming over, dragging the sword. <laughs> <laughs> well, I maybe carry it over your your shoulder. Yeah. You ever see? Um, it's not a good movie, but did you ever see the? Uh, the 2019 Hellboy movie? No. Uh, I skipped that one. I think I did. I think I watched it. There's a scene where he fights these three giants with a giant-ass sword, and I keep thinking uh, of Oh, I think, yeah, I think I remember that. But anyways, <laughs> you, you drag the sword over and whoosh, put it down on the ground. The sword's obviously not as big. Um, what, do you, what do you say, Dongfang, when Willie comes over? There's a flower here, or a bamboo. You, you got your hand ready? Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Walid kind of almost stumbles over himself getting into the thing to get at the, as he's super keen on this. <laughs> you, you take a look and there's this like, how, what, how are you going to search around it, Walid? Uh, like sorry, a, you said there's a mummified remain with, uh, there's with like a mummified of. person wearing like these strange clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least you, uh, in a chamber full of, like, levers and pulleys and gears. Like, do you um, remove the body? Yeah, he, he removes the body sort of gently um, to some degree uh, and then climbs right into it. <laughs> so you remove the body and you realize that this um, person appears to be wearing what looks to be like, it feels like snake skin. It looks as though, like, they're like just like the most beautiful snake skin, but it looks like a, like a like a forest snake in terms of coloration. Oh, 
and everything inside of this chamber seems to have been perfectly sealed. So the 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 snakeskin is quite uh, uh, like still it's in quite very well preserved, very good condition. And you, you pull out the body and lay it out, and as you lay it out onto the ground, the wind kind of begins whipping at the skin, and it slowly begins to come off. Right. Gross. Uh, you sit down inside it, and it's like it's not very roomy. And you kind of sit down, and all the soldiers are like, "What's it like, Walid?" Yeah, he starts pulling levers, pushing buttons, just <laughs> and you start pu- pulling levers, pushing buttons, and you hear like the the whirling of these gears, and whoosh, the uh-oh. thing shuts. No. <laughs> uh oh! Uh oh! Uh oh! <laughs> oh! And I'm, like, crouched over it in that, like, standard um, uh, Asian squat. And so <laughs> when it closes, oh, oh. And this is just a chest piece. This is just a torso. It's just a, a roundish sort of torso. Um, Pema, you said you were standing kind of, like, a very quite far away from all this, right? Yeah. Uh, Pema, you noticed that. I think you noticed something. You notice figures. Maybe eight figures watching you. Off in the distance, there is a, um, a rise, uh, like a big rocky outcrop. And standing above the rocky outcrop, kind of backed by the sun, are eight figures with these strange-looking, um, like, they hold these, like, pole arms or something, some sort of staff standing there watching over you. Okay. So, um, this is a little bit clearer than uh, silhouettes? A little bit clearer than silhouettes, yes. Okay. I'm, like, shaking my eyes, trying to, um... There may be, like, 100 meters away. Okay. Um, I... Do they look hostile? Okay. I'm probably scared, so... Um, (laughs) I'm going to, um... Yes, I guess snap out of wherever I was and um, start uh, jogging in the direction of uh, where everyone else is gathered around, maybe um, directly to Lanning. Yeah. yeah. So this entire time, Ning has been just kind of watching everything unfold. She hasn't really been moving, and I think she's been kind of internally just kind of working through it, and her expression is probably flipping between, like, a very deep, hot guilt and also, like, an extreme anger or rage. And she's just simmering on her emotions and not really doing anything. Okay. Um, I run up to Ning, uh, and occasionally I glance over my shoulders to make sure that it's, um, they're still there. I think I'm a little bit intimidated by uh, Ning, so yeah. like, I don't... As, yeah. as you're, like, running to Ning and you look back a couple times, yeah. by the time you get to Ning and look back, they're gone. Okay, okay. So um, if that happens, then I'm kind of just going to, um, I'm like almost going to, I'm like almost reaching Ning uh, to say something. And uh, after I look back and they're gone, I just like quickly swerve away. <laughs> because, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, never mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think what a, what a day. What a sunny day. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't think I trust myself necessarily. Um, but I'm going to keep looking back over there because I also don't want to put us in danger if uh, 
I just was like too hesitant about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll lead you inside this thing, and you're just like flipping switches, and I, I feel like the chest is just like kush, 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 opening oh, and closing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the soldier's like, everyone's kind of confused, but it's making a lot of noise. Um, but I'd like to know, well, like, what are what are we doing? Um, Waleed, you aren't in any sort of danger. Okay, good. Uh, in fact, this is just Waleed experimenting with technology. Schwang is actually like taking notes and making rubbings and and, and illustrations of everything. Uh, but you're not in danger. Okay, yeah. So I'm just, I'm poking around. Um, and, and one after sort of like whatever, Waleed kind of pops uh, pops his head out uh, at one point and kind of stands up and and looks around to see if he can find any limbs and see if he can attach any limbs to this. So well, he's going to try to put this thing together. Is that a thing I, I can do? I don't know. <laughs> you could do anything, Omar. You could do anything. Um, there are limbs like all over the place, um, but they are like like you're going to have to. It's going to take some effort to dig them all out of the ground. Uh, okay, I, I mean we don't have to get stuck here either if we want to keep going and and. Uh... Well, actually, is there so? Yeah, what's it, like? This okay, is the so first we found clue this... you've gotten. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure out like what clues there might be here that might lead us to the next thing, because it does seem like you know the uh, Oasis Bamboo is not in this thing. I am not full of some sort of magic. I mean, the magic is friendship. <laughs> I think um, after seeing Pema kind of run up and then very strangely walk away. <laughs> Ning is like, okay, weird, but then goes to make sure Walid's okay. Obviously he is. Um, she might ask, like, is there anything inside there? Maybe a map or any kind of you know, signifier that there's there's a, a city or a town nearby? A garage? Yeah, on, on, the, on, the, on the garage? On the map, you said? Uh, if there's anything, like, inside the cockpit, like a, like a picture or some kind of symbol... That maybe that would help us. There are symbols, but you don't know what they say. Okay. Oh, These okay. Are in a that language case, that... Sorry, I, I point out to Shuang and, and go, "Oh, hey, there's some." And so maybe I'll actually get a piece and make some rubbings, so she can have a look at the what the symbols might be. Yeah, she goes, "Oh, wow, great rubbings, Walid." Um, kind of looks at them and it's just like that. Mm. I all of these characters are these are interesting. I only I only make out one. It's the wolves. I don't know if this is a name or or some or or something, but I mean I always thought that the people of this land were giants. that they stood like almost 30 feet tall but this this changes everything this technology is is well beyond anything that we have in Sha this looks dangerous uh Walid repeats after her but in a completely different tone this looks dangerous <laughs> And uh, then starts recruiting a few of the people and starts digging up the limbs. I think he's going to try to <laughs> see if he can. He's going to try to like piece this thing together. So it's going to take you until it's going to take you a good part of the 
almost the the rest of your day to do this. Okay. Uh, in that case, you know, if that's cool with everybody else. Uh, yeah, I'm, I think I think as a group in the game, we don't have anywhere else to go. This is so we can do different things. This is the best yeah. thing we've got right now. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I, I meant that both sort of for the players and also for the characters. Um, but yeah. So yeah, let's let's piece this thing together. So like you could piece this thing together. Are are all of you gonna help or are the rest of you gonna make maybe look around? I'm sure the soldiers are gonna set up camp. I'm gonna go to Pema. Yeah. But what is Pema doing? I think um be, like being nervous, <laughs> facing around nervously, <laughs> or like maybe trying to be helpful. Um, if people are setting up a camp, I think I gravitate towards at least like hanging out around them. But I think mainly um um uh I don't know uh, I. Imagining we're still like standing on on all this bone and things like that. Like I think um, I think the feeling is like uh, um, I'm like, do other people not realize what, where where we are or like what we're on or is this disrespectful? <laughs> um, and so um, I'm like a little head. I'm just, yeah. So I'm like fluttering around trying to um, uh, negotiate that for myself. Um, so I might not notice you when you come up to me. Yeah, Pema, maybe you're like you're just like sorting things, trying to like kind of distract yourself. Yeah, make a shelter or something. It's really hot and sunny over here. Yeah, it's really sunny. Uh, Pema, while you do that, you do notice that you folks are getting kind of low on water. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I guess I, I don't know, start gathering the flasks or something and i uh, <laughs> um, speak to a few of the soldiers that are left yeah while you're making shelter i immediately like i'm walking over um and I shamble over and then i uh i duck under whatever you've made already and like really fold myself so i can fit into that little bit of shade oh that's nice maybe dog fong's like colors kind of change oh yeah oh cool i'm I'm very red under under the sun, um, like brilliantly red in a way that's like oof. That reminds me of a sunburn. Um, and in the shade, I'm still brilliantly red because I'm only been in there for like one second. But yeah, I think I'll s- slowly start to fade a little. I uh, are you? Like, are you burnt? I think she probably asks her that, that that awkwardly too, because um, she has this memory, you know, of, uh, of Dong Fong um, engulfed in like fire. So <laughs> this is a bit confusing <laughs> to her. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be all right. It's just very, very dry. Oh and... yeah. Um, and we were running out of water. Um, I, I give Dong Fong like the flask that's in my hand, at least um, that has water. Okay, I'll dip a finger in, and then just put it on my tongue and like oh, water. <sighs> should should we go find some? I'm like very eager to get out of this immediate <laughs> area. You nervous? Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, I don't, I don't feel comfortable here. 
You don't feel comfortable standing on top of a battleground? Yeah, I mean, yeah, a battleground, uh, this particular battleground. Um, do you think, do you think we should be here? What do you mean? I don't know. I, um, I would just, I just want to honor these people in a, in a better way or something like that. I, I feel like, um, I don't know. I, and I think I hesitate around like, um, like maybe I think of the antics that um, the lead has been undertaking uh, um, has been like like I'm like worried about it being disrespectful or something like that or like um, 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 and I guess I'm still like catching up on like what we're doing exactly so um, um, yeah and I'm I'm like trying to get a sense of like. Uh, where uh, Dongfang is at with it. Well, I mean, they're dead. So I don't know if they would care whether you respect them or not. Uh, me and my people, we, we played a big part in um, their death. You know, this, this genocide. Right. Well, let's go look for water then. I nod eagerly. <laughs> Literally anywhere but here. Yeah, please. Thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna right. like try to hold this like piece of cloth over my head like some kind of a sun umbrella thing. Parasol, that's what it's called. Um, <laughs> and I'll start. I'm gonna try to around. help you. Uh, I, oh, thank, thank, thank you. I don't think you can reach. Now, now, Dolphin, is you, what I you do have, you do have an affinity for water. I do. That's um, true. You do have an affinity for water. I am a um, So why don't you make a make a roll to see if you're able to, you know, sense anything nearby? Sure, I'll do it. Because I'm sure up until this point you've been able to kind of find water for the group. Wow, y'all are rolling really well today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fifteen. Okay. So, uh, Dogfog, you you sense water, I, the 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 faint presence of water over a st- stony, like rocky outcrop, uh, the same one that Pema saw the figures. Oh, I smell water. No, no, I feel it. Oh, I feel. Oh, we need to go there. Right there. Right there. Uh, are you sh- are you sure? Am I a shrimp? Sorry, yeah, of course. I love this. Are you sure? What? I, I'm a, am I a shrimp? <laughs> Amazing. Who do you think? Uh, okay, like, I'm course, very sorry. excited. And I immediately start heading towards there. Cause... So yeah, like, Walid, <laughs> as sure as I am a shrimp. Um, Walid, you and the soldiers are like literally like, Pulling these like pieces out from the uh, out from the ground, you've like I'm sure Schwang has helped. And she's like, wait, 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 we have to be more systematic. Trying to like set up like an archaeological dig, but y'all are just like tunneling. Um, 
but uh, Pema, you and um, you and Dong Feng end up uh, like moving in the opposite direction uh, of everyone else, uh, making your way over the ridge. Dong Feng, the the feeling, the smell of water. Oh gosh! Uh, like normally you could feel water, but this one is like it, it begins to overtake. Like you're, it's like. It like overwhelms your senses in that this water smells of like uh, floral notes. This is making me like super thirsty. I'm so thirsty. I've never been yeah. more thirsty in my life. And as you as you kind of like cross over, maybe you you half an hour of walking, maybe an hour of walking or hiking, and you find a small oasis. And at the center of this oasis, and now this isn't your 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 average oasis. This isn't like it doesn't have the palm trees or anything like that. Um, like, because an oasis is like a like a surface aquifer, right? Water bearing rocks. Um, at the center of this oasis is a beautiful flower. It's not a bamboo though. It looks at it looks like a giant flowering stalk with a base of leaves with sharp spiked edges kind of like an agave and this beautiful flower at the top looks to be made of like all of these little flowering buds almost like um uh what would be the equivalent plant I know I can't think of one right now but I don't know how to say in English <laughs> <laughs> Um, regardless, it's a it's a it's a stalk that ends in a what looks to be a formation of tiny little flowers. And as you near this oasis, you could hear the sound of dripping. As water or dew seem to drip out of each of these little individual flowers, like a shower. Water. Uh, I. <laughs> I, do you scream that? Like, I'm sure every, if you scream that, everyone's going to hear that. Yes, I do. So echoing over the, the, uh, uh, the rocky ridge near this battlefield, you hear, like, dog scream, water! <laughs> I imagine that is a delightful sound for the six soldiers that are with us here. <laughs> yeah. And I start, I start running towards it. Yeah, you start, you start running towards the oasis, and it's real. Good. <laughs> it's, it's not a brush. You water. splash your face with this like fresh water, and this water is—it's like it, it cools your your exoskeleton, and I'm sure your colors change. And you you hear the sounds of water dripping into this oasis, as if this flower is feeding it. Yeah, that's normally really weird, but I'm not noticing that right now. <laughs> it's like ah. Oh. <laughs> Shrimping around in the water. But, uh, but the water's maybe like, there's about like two feet of water. Nice. I don't think I'm that rude. I, I will very <laughs> aggressively splash it on myself, though. <laughs> I think Ning looks to Waleed and is like, I guess there's water. Can you, um, can you help me grab these bags? We'll fill up what we can before we make, uh, make our next trip. Uh, ba- bags, like, to go get water? Yeah, grab everyone's gear. Uh, the water flasks will fill up our skins if there is water. I, you notice uh, some. Like, I guess we brought a number of them. Um, yeah, they, m- many of them are, are actually gone. It seems as though Payment and Dongfang took them. 
Nice. Maybe Dongfeng dropped them onto the ground. I was like, water. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I <laughs> was just like remember, carrying though. all of these things. Gotcha. So it's I think- just, it's like, like just. It's like if you've been, I don't know, like if you've been underwater for a while and then you're like, I can just breathe air. (laughs) (laughs) It's a nice feeling. Anyway. So I think Ning and Walid also kind of start heading towards the scream, the shout. The soldier's like, Commander, what should we do? Um, Grab grab your gear. If there's water, we can at least hydrate ourselves, get some rest before deciding what to do next. But What about the camp? Uh, I, I was going to jump in here. I think maybe get, pulling the lead away from this task might be kind of difficult. Uh, he might be continuing to drag the parts over and see if he can rebuild his guy mouth. <laughs> well, lead will watch the camp. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's what I'll do. <laughs> and this, uh, maybe the soldiers are like, yeah, we'll watch the camp with Walid as they continue to like dig, dig in the ground. Yeah. Okay, so Ning grabs whatever water skins and stuff that they were left behind and just starts oh. lugging them to the oasis by herself. Yep. Whatever's left, uh, you're just going to go check and make sure that, you know, they're they're all okay. Um, so uh, Ning, by the time you make it over there, you kind of follow in the direction of, like, the you heard the, oh, my God, and I'm sure you, there's just a lot of, like, like, Ah, yeah. Sounds Woo! coming from there. <laughs> uh, uh, Pema, you've caught up. Uh, Pema, are you, do you? What do you do when you're there? So what is? What uh, is? Basically, I'm asking. What does Ning see you doing there? Ning sees me um, splashing water on Dongfang, like I'm like helping Dongfang get covered in water. <laughs> Get my back. And there's like a all the all the skins are in a pile beside us. There's like a massive pile of water skins and you're just like splashing yeah. water. It's pool party. Yeah. Awesome. So So Ning, you arrive and you see them doing that. <laughs> Ning has no words for this. Ning just kinda gets down to business, which is to refill <laughs> the water skins and is pretending this is not happening. <laughs> Nice. I think you also so, get splashed, though. You're in the splash zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Ning is going to try to hide how great it feels. Because Ning is also a water kanasi. Um, yeah, and, you are! Yeah, so Ning also has a lot of discomfort in the desert. But she's trying really hard to pretend like it's not bothering her. But the fact of the matter is, getting splashed is really, really nice. And... She's going to pretend that she's focusing on it, but there are moments where she just stops and just like breathes in and just like everything relaxes. But then I feel remembers like, that she has to like actually fill water skins. I feel like Ning could have filled the water anywhere else in this oasis, but is like, I guess I'm going to fill it close to where they're splashing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have to keep an eye on these two because you know who who knows what I mean. Be dangerous. Yeah. So it's just like you're you're splashing onto. Um, uh, on uh, Pema, you're splashing water onto Dogfall. Dogfall, you're just like ah, <laughs> everything, everything's great. Um, this that lasts for like like a, a good amount of time. We'll lead. Um, hours have passed since you've made this discovery, and you and the, the team of soldiers have actually laid out all the parts to this suit. Awesome. 
Uh, so he's going to see if he can start joining them together. Like, do they, like, you know, lock in with each other or screw in or however they can. Yeah, there are these, like, massive, like, joints that you could put together. Like, ball joints that you could stick in. Like mechanics. Uh, but they appeared, but they were, like, all rusted and, and, like, they're all oxidized. So they don't fit quite well. So you're going to have to, like, 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 rub them off or fix them up like that. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to take some time uh, doing that. Yeah, while while Waleed's doing that, the soldiers are helping you out, and there's you slowly put the parts to this thing together. Um, like we probably have something like a st- like we probably have some things that we use to like iron out uh, nicks and dents in our swords. So we're probably gonna use that totally. to help. And yeah, yeah, and then you could use like you could find particularly hard stones to do that as well. Um, now Ning, you filled up all of your water. But you notice something. As you finish filling up your last, like, like, sack of water, mm-hmm. um, you notice that the the level of the oasis, the water level, is like significantly lower than when you started, and you could not have possibly filled up that much water. Huh? Maybe Dongfang is just like. Lying there in the water, floating around, or Pema. I don't. I don't know what you two are doing by this point. Um, but the water level went from being like two feet deep to now being like less than a foot. Yeah, and I'm sure Dogfang and Pema, you noticed this as well. Ning Ning calls. I was like, okay. I think. I think that's enough. I think we're we're done here. We should. The water's draining up. And you notice that the flowers and the stalk stop dripping water. Hmm. I get out. And I guess the water immediately evaporates off of my body. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That's odd. And the... uh, the stalks, the, 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 the base of the stalk, those sharp leaves begin to kind of retract into the stock very slowly not much we can do about this we got our water and there's we should then there's this rumbling hmm the ground all around you begins to kind of vibrate very rhythmically and as the flower kind of closes at its base it begins to pull itself underneath the ground now this flower for context is maybe about like eight feet tall right and it begins to pull itself underneath the ground (sighs) until it pulls itself completely under leaving what looks to be like a hole in the stone is it about the size of, like, the um, pit that we came across? No. Okay. It looks like the, the flower actually pierced through the stone. I see, I see. We, we should go. We should walk away from this yeah. very quickly. Agreed. So at, as you walk away from this, you hear this rumbling intensifies. And there's this tremor in the ground. Walid, you feel it too. 
as this, this, the ground all around you begins to crack. Um, Steve, Agatha, and Jade, can you please just roll your d20 to see if you can maintain your balance? Uh, can I just say, if that flower turned out to be uh, the limb of an animal or something, then you were just being spat on. That's what you were doing. The, the flower was just could spitting be, on you the whole could, time. Could be so we had <laughs> a four from Steve, a 20 from Jade, and Agatha? I rolled an 18. An 18? Oh, I didn't see it. Um, okay, so uh, there's this massive, like, almost like, like a localized earthquake. As Ning, you are thrown onto your back as this huge snake emerges from the ground. It bursts out of the ground kind of like a, like it leaps out of the ground almost as dramatically as Walid can jump. <laughs> nice. <laughs> can and does jump. <laughs> can and does jump. This snake is huge unlike anything you've ever seen and it bursts out of the ground curling itself up into a neat ball where the oasis was at the tip of its tail you notice is this flower oh gross as it kind of shakes this flower off wait it shakes shakes the flower off well it shakes it off like a rattle oh I see yeah and this snake rises up you notice that it's got these scales that have a pattern similar to what was worn by the pilot of this suit but the coloration is different the coloration looks to be that of you know these earth tones these desert tones it rises up at least at least um well, I, I would say that this snake is about like fifty meters long. Right. Uh, Coiling how thick up. Is it? Uh, I don't know, eight feet, maybe more. It's massive. So just under three meters. Yeah. And it rises up out of the ground, ready to strike, and it will strike at you, Ning, mm-hmm. unless. Dong Fong and Pema want to do something. I was going to say that um, I want, this is not going to help that much. I was I wanted to help um, Ning up as soon as um, I saw her fall. I... Yeah, you could try to go help Ning up or pull Ning out of the way to a, to avoid this strike. Mm-hmm. You could totally do that. Cool. Okay. I got I... a 20 with my 20. <laughs> yeah, while you do that, I'm also going to intercept, which is one of my fighter abilities. Oh, cool. Point. Um, yeah, uh, which is if a nearby NPC is about to attack someone, you may rush to intercept the attack. And I must say, I'm using this ability as soon as the guy declares the attack. The NPC makes their attack on me instead. When I intercept the attack, the attacker immediately becomes affected by my provoke ability. Ooh, uh, so your provoke ability. So um, basically, you get the intention of this thing and it will come after you. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Pema, you manage to pull, um, you pull Ning out of the way as this thing strikes. Uh, this thing strikes the ground where Ning had fallen with such force that it shatters the rock. Hmm. 
It rises up. And Dogfog, how do you get its attention? Because you're intercepting. How do you get its attention? Um, I, I, I smack at its tail, I think. Wait, yeah, or is that in the you, middle? It's, it's basically, it has, it is now occupying the space where this oasis was. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you could, throw I, a, I, you could throw a rock at its tail, or you could go and try to attack the tail. I attack the tail, and then when its eyes turn to me, then I spit at it. So why don't you um, roll an attack on its tail? Because might as well give you an opportunity to deal damage. Sure. Let's see what you get. Ooh, an eighteen. Nice. Um. So you strike at this creature's tail with your guandao, and you actually cut off the flowering part of the stalk end of its tail. This thing cries out of pain, unleashing this, this like, hiss that, that literally shakes the rocks all around you. Um, Waleed, you hear this. You hear this hiss uh, coming from the other side of the rocky outcrop near the battlefield. The soldiers are kind of they turn, they hear this thing, and they immediately go for their weapons, drawing swords, crossbows, or even grabbing, like, you know, one of them even grabs, like, a rock. It's like, I'm ready! Um, uh, yeah, so but we haven't seen the, the snake, You haven't seen right? it like, yet, yeah. Okay, so I, I guess we'll probably run over. Wait, how far uh, How for, far are we away it's from It's a pretty far run. It was like elf. a 30-minute walk for them to go. Oh, okay. But, like, how, how close are we to finishing the guy elf? Pretty close, yeah. Hard hit uh, let's, then let's, I yell, you know what, Amar, I'll say, let's say you're done. Oh, yeah, okay, amazing. I, I was going to say, I was going to be like, yeah, it, work faster. Uh, but now that if we're done. Yeah, maybe they're just like <laughs> putting this thing together. Sure. Instead of arming themselves, you scream work faster, and they just jam the joints into this thing. So it's, it's, gonna, it's not going to work to its fullest extent, but it might, it, it'll do. Yeah, I mean, we can get the WD forty in later. Um, so yeah, I I like like jump over. I jump from like the foot I was on to the like up the to the thigh up to the uh, like abdomen and then into the chest piece um, and see if I can get this thing moving. Now you don't remember which button actually closes it, so I don't know if you just hit everything. Um, <laughs> it's very well lead of you to do. It's very yeah. well lead. Hit everything. This thing closes. The gears whirl to life, and everything around you, Walid, becomes visible. As if you could see through the bronze. A magical aura inside gives you vision of everything all around you. Cool. Um, these sort of arcane runes kind of form all over in front of you forming like you know like a heads up display we can say um as you have access to these like levers and pulleys um all around you it's almost as though the cockpit has become translucent at least awesome. from your point of view the soldiers all around kind of go you see them kind of go what the fuck as this thing kind of stands up and like at attention Awesome. So, yeah, I'm going to just quickly try to see if I can get the hang of this thing. Like, I'll probably, like, move my arm and, like, look at my arm and, like, you know, see if I can, you know, get my knees up. And uh... So what we'll do is we'll say that whenever Waleed tries something new in this suit, you have to roll. And once you get a success, Waleed knows how to do that thing. Cool. Um, so let's say, let's say you're trying to, you know, get used to how the arms work. Give it a roll. 
So that is a nine. So that's a tough choice. Um, so Walid, you basically like, you get one of the arms going, um, and it works, but you hear this like creaking and one of the arms kind of like pops out of the joint. Okay. Yeah. So my choice is either you keep this semi-functional arm or you rip it out. Uh, I'll keep the semi-functional. It will arm be. For, oh, you're no. muted for some reason. I can't hear you. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, yes, I, I will keep it for the moment. So, so the, one of the arms isn't fully functional, and uh, it wasn't. Uh, it's kind of you can get it to move, but the joint isn't. You don't have enough magical WD-40 in there to get it to fully work. But you you now know which parts, uh, which levers control the arms. Sweet. Okay, let's try. Uh, give me the feet. Hey yeah, now. and you're there. You go, and you're able to like get it to like you, you actually get it to like stretch. You're like, huh, huh, reach down. And you're able to get the legs to move, and at this point, since you got a thirteen, you're able to pick up the sword. Uh, the soldiers are kind of just like, they're just standing there, just like, what the fuck is happening? Now back right. at the snake, this creature turns to you, Dongfeng, and this thing strikes out at you having attacked its tail now remember in quest uh initiative there is no initiative and combat is fluid so ning or pema if you ever want to intercept or do anything all you have to do is interrupt me um so this thing is gonna lash out at you dongfang um and i'm gonna just straight up roll a d20 uh so we're gonna get my roll 20 going move that over there and I got a 16. So that's going to be a success for this creature. And this creature smashes into you, Dongfeng. Um, and it actually, like, engulfs you in its mouth. Swallows Dongfeng whole in front of Ning and Pema. Dongfeng, um, you haven't been swallowed, but you're in its mouth. Let's say you're in its mouth. And it has lashed out at you, swallows you. You take three damage, which okay. is a fair amount of damage in quest. Yeah, so that's spicy. Yeah, that's a uh, spicy amount of damage. I want to say uh, that I am like kind of like holding the mouth open with my guando. Oh like, yeah, <laughs> like a toothpick in between. Like oh, I love that. And this thing is so strong, and its its mouth is so tough that the guando doesn't even pierce the top of its mouth. Right. So you're holding up Ning, Pema, you see Dongfeng is just like, this thing is like literally writhing around um, and Dongfeng is inside its mouth, trying not to get swallowed whole. Yeah. So when the creature strikes Dongfeng, I'm going to use my sneak attack, which triggers when a nearby foe attacks someone else. Uh, Sick. So I'm just going to make a basic attack, because that's really all I can do right now. Yeah. Uh, so d20. Ooh, an 18. That's a hit. Very nice. So, uh, you launch a sneak attack at it. Now, does the sneak attack give you extra damage? Nope, it's just a basic attack that kind of happens not when I'm acting. Yeah. Yeah, so as this thing attacks Dogfang, you unleash, you know, your Joshua's edge. And what form do you cause it to take? Is it like a whip, swords? Um, I think because this creature's so large, Ning really needs to, like, keep some distance here. So rather than, like, the very short swords... Hers is taking more of maybe like a polearm situation. Yeah, so here. M- maybe you like uh, 
So you've got two of these vials. Maybe you like hold them together and they combine. Yep. Yeah. It's a polearm. You slash at this with a polearm. Maybe it's a guandao, which is, which is you know the classic. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe Ning could never use a guandao because she was never strong enough. But like a spear, maybe. Yeah. There's a a, a dagger axe. Exactly. Yeah. Is, is a really common Chinese polearm from the Bronze Age. So you slash at it with um, your dagger axe, and the snake like writhes in pain you draw like blood from the snake and what the snake actually uh, unless payment wants to do anything the snake is then actually burrow into the ground with dong fang in its mouth Ooh. Oh. Yep. help payment <laughs> <laughs> uh, if i can jump in here so i i mean you know you can tell me how long these things are taken but now that i've gotten this ready i'm gonna um, get the soldiers with me to grab onto the arm that's not functional so much. Um, and if they can't grab onto it, I guess I'll like pick them up or something. And I'm just gonna start running over there. Yeah, you like you like jump on, and the soldiers like you know we've established already that the soldiers fucking love Walid. Yep, and they jump onto your back, <laughs> and you just book it. Now it, I'm sure Ning, not Dong Fang, but Ning and Paymer hear this like. The stomping of mechanical footsteps coming towards you. Because um, if this thing's thirty feet and is uh, of of mostly bronze, it must be like tens of tons. Oh, it's super heavy. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That's shaking the ground. It's shaking the ground. Um, and uh, so, Payma, are you going to act? Mm, I don't think so. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, the, so this thing whoosh, burrows into the ground with Dong Fung, and as it burrows into the ground, the rocks. Hitting you, Dongfeng, push you into its throat. And your guandao yeah. flies out of its mouth. Landing uh, on the ground. And I feel like the image is just like the mouth and then my like arm reaching out with the guandao falling out. Yeah, oh, 100%. Nice. As it boosh, burrows underground. This thing burrows, as this thing burrows underground and what's left of its sort of lure tail um, enters the ground, Walid crosses over, comes across this this sort of like rocky L crop and you see this giant really um, like beaten bronze construct and all of your remaining soldiers the six of them hanging on for dear life uh, I don't know how Ning and Pema react to this is there any chance that as soon as he ends into the, comes into the scene he can grab the tail of this thing just before it disappears one hundo P yeah okay. give it a roll and I'm down alright <laughs> alright buddy roll high Hey, now. Ooh, a 17. Uh, that 100%. As this thing is... So we rewind. As this thing is about to fully, like, submerge. Yeah, submerge still works. Yeah. Uh, fully submerge or burrow this, I think, cinematically, as it's about to disappear with Dong Fong, this, like, bronze gauntlet grabs it by the tail. This huge construct that it's being, like... That is being mounted by six soldiers begins to pull at this snake, and Walid, you pull the snake out of the ground, and you literally pull it out and slam it oh my onto God. the ground. It spits Dongfang out. Dongfang is covered in like saliva and gunk as Dongfang rolls across the ground. What do y'all do? Badass. I think Ning says. We need to either run or kill this thing right now. 
And what, what, how do the rest of you react to that? The soldiers are like, Waleed, you've got this. Now you know, know explain to you that this is Waleed in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I roll out and then I'm all covered in like mud now because I was it was like it was gunk from the inside Dirt. of the snake and now I've gathered a lot of dust and I like wipe that away from my eyes and then like with my the hand with the the, the gift of the chrysanthemum, chrysanthemum I like and then like uh, my hand like goes up with flames because I don't have my Gwendo with me yeah. uh, you I got would this like flaming to hand Use the gift of the vermilion bird. So you're gonna run forward and you're gonna strike this thing with your flaming hand. Yeah, I'm gonna punch it. Yeah, give it an nice. attack. So this actually, um, so you could do a couple of things. Um, so you can it can increase your damage by two, or you can discharge all the flames in one go for five damage. I think I should do that instead. <laughs> so mm, I'm like, up to you. I'm, I'm like about to punch it, and I'm like. Oh. No, actually, <laughs> I just like stop like before I get one punch close enough and just like hit, and then the the flames like fly out in a fireball. Oh, sick! So you're gonna like basically a fireball punch. Yes, I would hope that the fireball can be in the shape of a chrysanthemum, but it's oh okay yeah, one hundred one hundred percent. It's like I think I, like a, it looks as though like there's flaming chrysanthemum petals coming out of your fist as you punch. Yeah, and then um. And then they detach because oh. I'm not going closer. Oh, yeah, straight up. So you shoot this flaming chrysanthemum at it with one punch. Yes. Uh, can you give me a roll? Yes. Let's see what we get. Oh, oh it's a chrysanthemum punch. That's your, that's your move. Yeah. <laughs> a 10, a tough choice. Um, so you're going to succeed, but you're either going to hit Waleed... Or you're going to damage the landscape, and it will put Pema in danger. Um, uh, hmm. uh, I I was going to uh, just jump in. Like I'm, I think I would be okay with taking the hit. Yeah. And what I was going to actually suggest and uh, was uh, that. The snake, like after I slammed it down and you you rolled out of the mouth, it tried to come back up. I saw that you had fired up your your fist, so uh, Walid actually sort of uh, keeps. I, I don't know what the wingspan of the me is compared to. That's thirty meters. It's pretty long. So yeah, Walid actually long. grabs the head and shoves it back to the ground, so you could punch it, but then you end up hitting the the arm. I think a little bit. Damn. Okay. That could be one Shit. Way that happens. Damn. You know what? Okay. Here's 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 what we can do. Um. I think what we could do is I just love that so much. I'm I'm even willing to waive this ten that Agatha rolled. And if Amar, if you could roll a success, you'll basically slam this thing to the ground and hold its head in place so that Dongfeng gets a clear shot. Alright. Okay. I'm down for that. <gasps> oh. Oh, no. So I think those two tough choices are gonna stack. And basically you slam this thing down, you hold its head, maybe you've got this thing in almost like a headlock. Yeah. And it's like a combo. And Dolph will chrysanthemum punch. And <laughs> <laughs> and this fireball, like basically flaming chrysanthemum, shoots out and strikes both the snake and you, Walid. Okay. Knocking you back. The snake takes five damage. Walid, uh, your mech takes five damage. 
Um, you don't have an understanding of how much damage this thing can take, but the psh, the the literal opening to the cockpit breaks open. Oh shit! Oops. Oh, breaks open by great. the force of this shot. Um, the snake, having taken this damage and is close to Walid, will wrap itself around the mech and begin squeezing the mech and begin squeezing and crushing it. Okay. It's trying to actually bite at the top, um, but it can't actually get at you, Walid. In fact, I think one of its sort of fangs actually almost enters the cockpit and narrowly misses your face as it's like trying to bite its way in. Yeah. I'm kind of like dancing around in there trying to avoid that. And it's like, oh, oh God, oh God. And yeah. this thing is now wrapped around it and is trying to crush and bite and eat. And I think I'm like shouting at Pema, like, throw me my Gwendal! Throw it to me! Okay, which I do if I can. Yeah, you 100% just grab it, you toss it to Dongfeng, Dongfeng, you catch the Gwandao. Uh Steve or Pema, are you, would you like to do something in this moment? This thing is distracted. Um, Walid has basically taken a hit for the team and is now like the big focal point of this. Walid's still in the mech suit, right? Yeah, Walid is basically, Walid is like, have you ever seen those videos of uh, like an alligator trying to eat a turtle? <laughs> Walid yeah, okay. is the turtle right now. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to hit him. Um... I think, so what Ning will do is, I think she'll break apart the spear and go back to using her traditional two swords. Okay. Um, and she'll close the distance here. And I think... She'll just begin using her swords as kind of leverage points and just start stabbing and climbing. Just beginning to just like really try to, to draw attention away from this, despite the danger yeah. here. I fucking love that. Um, so would you like to use... Uh, so, you could, so you do have an ability called Signature Weapon. And once per session, you can unleash your Signature Weapon as the folktales speak of and deal two extra damage. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do that. So um, what, you know, the legend says, of course, you know, these two swords and whatnot. Um, but here we see again that as the first blade enters, it's like crystalline water. And as it comes back out, the blood swirls in the blade and you can actually see the currents as it begins mixing. And the blades turn to that crimson red. Yeah, so you begin like climbing up this thing to try to get to its head with basically which each roll of the snake, you stab it multiple times. Uh, give me a roll. Uh, this will deal instead of two damage, four damage. Gotcha. Oh! And we're gonna double that because that's a natty 20. Double that. That's a nat 20. Shout out to you, roll 20. Um, and basically you stab your way uh, up this snake and as you get to its head, you get a shot in and you slash it with both of your swords and you sever a good, you sever its lower jaw. Yep. It drips blood all over Walid and like blood and saliva drip all over, flooding the cockpit as this thing kind of like starts flipping around, slamming the ground all over the place. Yeah, very, wants to go? very shadow of the Colossus and Ning just like holding on that grip strength. Ah! Yeah, Yeah, 100%. Walid is like, this thing, as this thing is writhing in pain, it begins crushing oh. the suit that Walid is in. You hear, like, the, 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 remember the one shoulder that was kind of all fucked up? It pops out as this thing begins crushing you around the arms. Uh, Where is Ning? Ning is on its head, Ning's Shadow head? of Colossus oh. style, yeah. Shit. Or okay. I guess Ning would be on the body-ish. 
Okay, if Ning is on the body, then I'm going to um, whip out my um, handbow and I'm going to try to shoot um, a magic strike. Ooh. Um, through its face. Like, I'm imagining this is a massive snake. It's like. Yeah, so you can. Plus. So, so you could use this. It costs one AP, or you could you spend three AP to overload it to double the damage. Um, if I think I have a good shot. Um, you have a good shot. I do. Okay, cool. Then I'm going to overload it. Okay, give it a roll. All right. <gasps> That's okay. a 10. That's a tough choice. That's a tough choice. So you're either going to miss. Um, actually, you're either going to hit. Uh, Ning is going to take one point of damage, or since you overload it, it's going to feed back into you, and you'll take some damage. Okay. So I choose between one of those? Yeah, you choose between one of those. It will hit, and it will deal four damage. Uh, But Ning uh, may... uh, It will deal three damage. Ning will take one, or you will take one damage. I'll I'll take one. Okay, so you unleash this magical strike, and what does it look like? Oof. Um, I think it's just like a beam of light. Like, something between um, a beam of light and um, um, electricity or something like that. Um... Yeah. Like uh, a firework, maybe it's closer to that. Oh, yeah, like a firework. So you shoot out this fireworks, and uh, it actually burns your hand as you cast out this spell. Maybe you've never overloaded a magical attack before. And it strikes the snake just, you know, where it's lower, its mandible is gone. It actually strikes it at the base of its skull, destroying, like literally severing its head. There's this firework shoot off everywhere. Um, this thing loosens its grip on the mech and the mech kind of falls down maybe like chest first will lead it's like literally in the ground a Ning falls down to the ground as well this thing kind of falls to the ground there's this massive like shockwave from this snake falling and the dust just settles um as like it, you know it's raining blood all over the place the fire <laughs> The fireworks are going off like this victory. Uh, yeah, this is like massive victory. And it's just and, like splattering our face. And it's like yeah. splattering all over everyone. Uh, but we won't go into too much detail because one of our veils is intense gore. Um, this thing just like... when you can see that the body kind of starts like twitching a little bit. Um, you've just killed this huge desert snake. You notice that it's like its tail, the the base of its tail, the 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 leaves are kind of like twitching. It's like opening and closing, opening and closing, scratching against the stone. Um, Waleed, you're able to kind of like scramble out of out of the mech, um, and out from underneath the snake, kind of like maybe you emerge out of like out of the folds of the snake. Um, Waleed appears like covered in in guck, um, and you. What do you folks do? Because I know that, Amar, you've got to go soon. We want to wrap this up. So what do you folks do? I I use my Gwendo as a crutch <laughs> to, like, get myself over to Walid to see if Walid is okay. Yeah, same. Yeah, I'm going gonna, gonna to head well, over to where is... everyone is gathering, I imagine. <laughs> So you all um, gather around Walid, and everyone here is just, like, covered in, in, in guts. 
Uh, Walid is like trying to brush up the gut, this stuff out of his clothes because these are his nice clothes. He just got somewhat recently. Um, the nicest clothes he's had, had in a long time, if not his entire life. Uh, but he seems in good spirits otherwise. And as you do that, um, as you're, you folks are checking out Walid, you hear the sound of weapons clattering to the ground. And you turn around and you see your soldiers, the six, remember, that you had? Mm-hmm. Standing there with their hands up. And eight hooded figures stand behind them. God they, damn it. They wield these, these, these sort of pole arms that are, that are kind of like... Um, they were once wrapped in what looks to be leather. And the leather has now fallen to the ground. And you notice that their pole arms look to be like... You ever see like a Christmas tree when it's all wrapped up? Mm-hmm. Looks like a Christmas tree all wrapped up. And in unison, they tap the base of their pole arms to the ground, and the tops of these pole arms unfold, and they look like branched spears. And they stand there looking at you. And I think we'll end there. Nice. Oh, nice. Hello. So we'll, we'll end there. Um, so you folks have just killed... Um, a uh, a ba snake, which is a, a snake from uh, Chinese folklore, uh, that are so you killed a small one. <laughs> great, um, great. They're actually they're actually a really they're a really cool um, creature from Chinese folklore and mythology um, that Hoi the the archer actually was able to kill, and they swallow elephants. Oh, whoa. do you find them in the desert? Uh, no, you don't find them in the desert. Um, but I wanted to include one because there is a uh, a kind of snake that you can find in Iran um, that is really cool. Um, it's called a spider-tailed horned viper. And the spider-tailed horned viper actually has a, a, a tail that's a lure, and they kind of wave them around like this, and it looks like an insect, and it attracts birds, and then they kill them. Uh, cool. So when I found out about this snake, I was like, oh, my God, it's the perfect lure. And so I, I had planned for an oasis encounter, um, but I was like, I have to use this. No, that was great. Um, yeah. So I'm glad we got to do that. That was um, fantastic. But one of the things that we do at the end of every session is we do stars and wishes. Our time is unfortunately limited right now, so we got to go through these um, rather fast. But I want to make sure we give everyone their due. Um, as as normal, we, we go in the order of Agatha, Amar, Steve, Jade, and then myself. Um, let's start with you, Agatha. Uh, why don't you do stars and wishes at the same time? Oh, okay. All right. My star goes to Jade for uh, that the whole like role play with the, um, the 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 field of bones. Um, so I, I feel like that is that that spoke to me. Um, it was very real the way that you always do jade so that's my star um and then my wish is to see someone get the bamboo so that i can see more anime-esque power-ups okay got it so you want you want the bamboo to appear next session yeah okay i want it to imprint itself on someone (laughs) (laughs) all right amar stars and wishes Uh, 
I think um, I, I think I have to sort of yeah give my star to to Jade as well for again the emotional honesty that uh, she always brings to, to playing your characters uh, on top of the bone field thing. Um, also, just like right, you know, in a previous session, you harmed uh, one of the characters by using your uh, powers recklessly, and so that you kind of conveyed that sense of you know not being quite sure whether you should or not this time, even though obviously this was a life or death thing. So thank you. That's always amazing. I'm going to add one more bonus star to. Daniel for running an amazing encounter, always fantastic. But that one was very satisfying, <laughs> and everybody came through to like do really cool anime esque like cinematic moves. Um, yeah, I guess my, my wish is uh, is also to see whether Walid can get uh, a power because he's been she's been jonesing for it. <laughs> I think he's gonna start. He's gonna just start like touching random things just to see if maybe that's where the power is. Is this it? Yeah, <laughs> um, that's dope. Uh, Steve, how about you? Uh, my star is going to go to Agatha uh, for the splashing around the Oasis Dung Hong was doing because them just doing that, I don't th- our our campaign is like pretty heavy. There's a lot of like very dire moments, uh, a lot of struggles and, and, and tribulations, but we don't have too many joy joyful scenes. That was a very joyful scene, and I really, really like that, and I love just like small moments like that. So start Agatha. Uh, my wish is to figure out who these eight jerkwads are. <laughs> figure right? out who these eight jerkwads are gotcha uh <laughs> jade how about you um my star is to um um oh, there's so many <laughs> okay uh uh to well lead amar um uh i really appreciate how true to character <laughs> Uh, you you keep it. I, I really I just I love um, I just I love Amar. Is what I was gonna say. True. I also love Walid. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just I, I uh, really appreciated the decisions that you made, even though it was just um, um, just different from what other people were doing. I think just gave a lot of flavor to everything that was happening. Um, I also um wanted to give a start to um, Agatha for I, I think uh, I struggle with um, not or engaging externally I suppose um, or I uh, uh, can see that I am or that's probably something that I will be like you know not knowing the other characters too well at this time so like I really appreciate how um, uh, uh, you engaged me there and how observant I appreciate how observant the Dong Fong is um, um, in these scenarios um, yeah and, and what, my, what's your wish my wish is um, how, how'd you say it Steve to find out who these jerkwads are yeah. <laughs> I definitely want to find out who these Solve the like, jerkwad mystery who these yeah. jerkwads are yes yes Sweet. Definitely. <laughs> um, my my stars actually go. I I, I want to give it to all of you because all of you stayed really true to character this session. Like one thing I really loved is how Ning you brought up the fact because we don't we we never acknowledge this in Dungeons and Asians that you're a water ganassi. Um, how you brought that up? I love how Will yeah. like. Would I go and do this? No, nah, I'm just gonna keep doing this. Like I I, I love how Willie did that. Jade, I love how you reacted to the battlefield and the bones. And, and Dongfang, I love how you kind of brought in your sort of divine origin into all of this. 
Uh, I thought the whole thing was epic. Uh, my wish is to have a longer session with tons of role play. Um, um, so that's my wish. I know we had a shorter session this time, but I, I hope you folks you know, in the audience enjoyed it. I hope that you four enjoyed this session. Um, it was short, but, uh, you know, we got to adapt to the times. I'm also really exhausted because I just got my Moderna shot. Yeah. Um, so this, this works out for me. Um, so thank you folks for, you know, tuning into this episode of Dungeons and, A- and Asians. We're going to do our, like, you know, our, our, like, my name is, and we're going to try to sync it up this time. Um, and we're going to do, you just listen to Asian represent. We're going to go in the same order. Uh, Agatha, Amar, Steve, Jade, and then my, I guess I'll go, and then we'll go Agatha, Amar, Steve, Jade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my name is Daniel. I'm Agatha. I'm Amar. I'm Steve. And I'm Jade. And you've just listened to Asians Represent. I think that was better. I think it's better. That was close. Better. That was close. Yeah, that was We're close. It's only been a year. 